So we meditated yesterday uh, the idea, the, 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 the biblical phrase, the, the words of Jesus, what do you want me to do for you? And lo and behold, uh, they appear in our gospel again today. Again, a, 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 almost a strange kind of a question, especially today. Yesterday it was an odd kind of a question because it was so almost impertinent of James and John to ask Jesus right after he tells them, I'm, we're about to go to Jerusalem and I'm about to die. And then they ask for places at his right and at his left. So he still asks them, though. He still asks them, what do you want me to do for you? Today, it's an odd kind of a question because, again, as we've meditated before, uh, it would have been plain obvious that Bartimaeus was blind. Uh, you know, as, as, like he would have been obviously led to Jesus because in a crowd of people, how are you supposed to know which one is Jesus? And you just hear people everywhere. Um, you don't know what he, you know, unless you hear him speak, you can You don't know where to look because you, you look where you hear the voice. So, you know, it would have been plain obvious the man was blind. So Jesus looks at him and, and, and asks, what, what do you want me to do for you? It's a very interesting question, which I think we can, we can delve into a little more today. So I'll tell you a little story of something that happened to my little niece. Uh, her name is Fanula, and she lives in England. And uh, they go to a, because they're English, well, because they're not English, but because they go to an English school, they wear those prim and proper school uniforms like something out of Harry Potter. The blazers and, you know, the straw hats, the flat ones with kind of the ribbon around them, that's what they wear. And if you've seen... Um, Mary Poppins, uh, Little Banks boy, Michael Banks, whatever, what's, what's his name? Little, the little fellow in, in Mary Poppins, Mr. Banks, Little Banks, Baby, baby Banks, uh, the little hat. That's what my nephew looks like. That's the kind of school uniform they have. So, um, my sister-in-law recounts this story. She says, yesterday, a girl wasn't very nice to Fanula at school and made her cry. So I was comforting her when she got home and telling her not to worry about what that one person thinks. But on the inside, I was livid, as many moms would be. I was thinking, this girl is nearly two years older than her. How dare she? Etc., etc. Then this morning, on our way to school, Fanula kept stopping and collecting wildflowers. I asked her, what was she doing? She said, I'm getting flowers for Amelia, because I think she's sad on the inside, because she wasn't very nice to me, and, that's, and I want to make her happy. And then my sister-in-law writes, I was a puddle. Yet another moment when my five-year-old schooled me on how to treat others. Lovely little example of, of my niece's little heart. So, so often, if we're asked the question, if the Lord were to ask us the question, or if anybody were to ask us the question, what do you want? You know, what do you, if you, if you could change things, if you could have something, if you were to ask God, you know, what, if God were to ask you, sorry, uh, what do you want me to do for you? So often I think our attention immediately gravitates towards external things. You know, if I could have this career, this husband, wife, this family, uh, live in this place, have this job. They tend to be things that are on the, on the outside. And I think so, so rarely, that's actually what we need. It's very, very rare, I think, that, that ex- changing our external surroundings. I mean, even, even like if, if you're on the bread line, like if you're absolutely starving, of course, having a regular supply of food is going to, is going to assist things. 
But almost e even in that circumstance, there, there, there's still something deeper or more important. I mean, obviously, like the, the church does and should uh, do everything it can to, to alleviate poverty. But when the Lord asks us, when he looks at us and says, what do you want me to do for you? I think so often the, the battle, the real problem is us. It can be, obviously, in, in certain, many circumstances, that a family member or an addiction in the family or some, some, you know, somebody else might be causing us an awful lot of harm or hurt. But even in those circumstances, my reaction is my choice. Whether I forgive is my choice. Whether I choose to hate is my choice. So when, when Jesus asks, what do you want me to do for you? It's just, again, it's... it's, it's amazing how it just cuts through all of the masks and all the things on the outside and so often that, that I think that question actually has to do with, with how we see ourselves how we see our, like what do you want me to do for you? It's not so much Lord that the world may change around me but Lord that, that I may change because no matter what we do and we've, you, I'm sure you've, you've seen people or you know people who, who, who've done this who are convinced that faraway hills are greener and they get to the faraway hill and they realize, oh, the reason it's greener over there is because it rains more over there than here. You get there and it's the same old stuff. And one thing that people discover, maybe around my age, maybe later, I'm not really sure, is that no matter what you do, you can never outrun yourself. No matter what you do, where you go, who you marry, what job you have, how much money you have, what you look like, what you weigh, no matter what you do, you can never outrun yourself. Never. So when the Lord asks, what do you want me to do for you? So often, I think, that question has to do with how I see myself. Because if I don't love me, I can't outrun that problem. Ever. And nothing on the outside and nobody else can fix that for me. We see how Fanula acted or reacted in a situation where someone on the outside, someone in her class, or actually no, two, two years ahead of her, someone two years ahead of her treats her badly, makes her cry. How does she react? She makes them a bouquet of flowers. Like, that's virtue right there. So her peace, even though she was upset, her peace wasn't destroyed. She was able to still react in love. She didn't become less loving despite the fact that a, a lack of love was shown her. She's able to still react in love. So her peace, her like the, the inner sanctuary, wasn't harmed. I remember uh, years ago uh, praying with someone, and as uh, the the prayer session was coming to a close, I just got this this image of of this this person uh, in like a garden shed down at the end of the garden. And it was nighttime and there was a storm, a storm raging around. So she was sitting in this garden shed, and garden sheds, as they tend to be, uh, they're not very well insulated, they're cold, they're dark, and they don't have any light. And there are branches knocking off it, and when you look outside, it's just an absolute storm. But you could see, just at the top of the garden, a house. And you could see people in it, and light emanating from it. And a little bit of smoke coming up out of the chimney because the stove was on. It's nice and warm. It's comfortable. It's safe in there. And this person was in this garden shed and all curled up. And so I, I explained this, this, this image to her and I said, 
I said, that's you. You're in the garden shed. Do you want to go to the house? And she said, I'm afraid. And I said, what are you afraid of? She said, I, I don't know what's between this shed and the house. And I said, but you do. This is your home. Just because it's dark doesn't mean everything has changed. The swing is still in the same place. The garden seat is still in the same place. The steps are still where they were before. You know this terrain. Just walk. Get up and go. I said, I don't want to. And I said, just in, in this kind of, and as I know it was only a, well, I wouldn't say only, but it was just a, an image given, given by the Lord to, to help her to understand her own situation. And I said, if I were to come to you now in this imaginary scene, if you will, and stretch out my hand and offer you, offer to guide you back, what would you say? She said, I'd tell you to go away. She didn't quite phrase it that way. And I said, everything here, your healing, depends on your choice. I can't help you, and to be honest, not even God can really help you, if you don't want it. If you don't want healing, don't, don't, don't expect the world to change around you. Your heart, that's what needs to change first. What do you want me to do for you? It's again, it sounds like such a simple question, and in this situation, completely obvious what the man wanted. Another little detail here. Rabuni, the blind man, said to him, Master, let me see again. Jesus said to him, Go, your faith has saved you. Why is that so important? Why does it depend on faith? Like, we see that there's, 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 there's so much suffering in people. There's so much suffering in the world. And we might ask, like, why doesn't the Lord heal more often? Or, or why, does it, why does it hinge on the faith? Because it, is it not kind of like you know, Simon says, if you say the magic words, uh, if you put Simon says before the thing, uh, I, I'll, I'll give you the, the grace that you want. But if you don't say it exactly the way I want you to say it, like if you're praying but you're not, it wasn't a first Friday or it wasn't a first Saturday or you weren't kneeling down or you prayed four decades instead of five, if you get something wrong in some way, I won't grant you the grace. This mentality is out there, you know, where you have to kind of please God, obey the rules in prayer and everything, or he won't give you things. Why, why, is, why, why is it important that, that a person has faith? Well, I think, simply put, the reason faith is important in this circumstance is if this blind man, because he's blind, he has to beg, it's, it's, it's a humiliating life. It also means there are certain sins that he can't commit. There are certain sins, you know, you can always commit sins of hatred, envy, jealousy, uh, unforgiveness. You can always commit those. But it's a lifestyle. It's, it's a difficult life. It's a difficult, especially for, for, for Jews at the time. There weren't special schools or those little rumble zones along a footpath so you can work your way along with a, a, a stick. Uh, it was difficult. But if the man has no faith, his healing, his healthy body, could cause him to sin even more. There's no point getting a healing and then because now I'm healed and because I'm, I'm healthy, have all my faculties, I can now use that against God or use that to risk my soul, use that to risk heaven then it's better you stay blind. It's better you stay blind and go to heaven for all eternity than be healed here, have your sight back for 40 years 
and risk your soul. That's why, that's why faith is key. Because then we receive this gift in faith. We thank God for it. We spend the rest of our years glorifying God for it. And then that will help us to get to heaven. Whereas we, we receive a great gift like that. But now I'm healed. Now I can go view all of the dirt I want on the internet. Well then it's better. You stay blind. Sounds harsh, but it's like, you know, we're talking about eternity here. We're talking about eternity. There is no greater good. None. So that's why faith is so key. So when the Lord asks us, what do you want me to do for you? And I think he does ask us. I think he's trying to drive it home. He's asked us twice now in two days. I think he's trying to make a point here. Uh, what do you want me to do for you? It's a question I think we really... Uh, we'll be delving into a little here in Holy Family ourselves now over the next couple of days. But it's something we do need to ask ourselves. Like, Lord, what do I actually want? Because our instinct might say, you know, more comfortable lifestyle, more money, more security, whatever it may be. But is that, will that really change everything that's going on here? Will that really give me peace? Will it? My guess is it won't. Because you can't outrun yourself. If the Lord heals your heart, if the Lord grants you a, a healthy self-love, self-acceptance, not self-assuredness, but a healthy understanding of, of ourselves and our own gifts and limitations, if the Lord grants us a healthy understanding of who he is, these treasures are, are far more important than how many zeros are in our bank account, preferably after a one. So we ask the good Lord today that we might hear these words in our heart and know how to respond. What is it you want me to do for you?